business. How long does it take? What's it look like on the upside? And where do you go from there? Well, today we have a superstar from say Texas, Dave Pinnell, who's done that and share with us kind of what he's done and, and some redirects along the way. I've kind of followed his path for a while and share us how we do that. So welcome to Probate Weekly. We do this every, every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Central in the Lone Star State. Really excited to have with us uh, U.S. Marine, not former Marine, but U.S. Marine, uh, former policeman and real estate superstar, Dave Pinnell. Dave, how you doing, man? Good, Mr. Gross. Excellent. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah, we had you, I think, about a year ago, and and you just sold the place out. It was fantastic, and so glad to have you back again. So give us a little background for those who haven't seen you before. Um, how did you uh, get into real estate? How long have you been in real estate? I got in real estate by accident. Um, I was a police officer at the time, or worked at Lockheed Martin, and my brother, I was about to take a job with Secret Service, I was applying for it. I was in the third round of hiring and my brother asked me to take some phone calls because they used to do bandit signs on the corner of streets. And then that changed everything for me. I, uh, I got my real estate license and I didn't look back. And you know, as a, as a rookie agent, sold over 50 houses in my first year. So I got real addicted to it. Wow. So you got kicked out of the secret service process because you got into real estate. I just kind of gave up because you had to do so much and you had, you had to, you had to do so much to just, it just got overwhelmed. At one point, my application was like this thick, mm. you know, it's just, it's just got in the job. When you see where you're, what I was applying for to just get in the door, I was applying to be on the Clinton detail on the, the uniform division just to get my foot in the door. But the rent was even higher than my salary where I was wow. going to potentially going. Wow. So here in real estate, so 50 houses. Now, your area has some lower price houses, so you you know you got to do a certain volume to make a living. Um, compare that with when you get into probate real estate. When you just make the decision to to add that or uh, focus on that area. We were doing short sales at the time around 2010, 2012, and I I wanted to figure out how to get more listings. I was tired of working buyers, so we started sending. Um, note cards just a little handwritten note cards out to the probate list we'd look them up physically and handwrite them from the records and then around 2015 found all the leads still didn't still didn't call them still didn't uh, follow over prospect them until about 2017 and it still took about a year for me to figure it out but now we've closed in probate we've probably closed over 100 108 actual probate file cases and I can't say that I actually helped anybody figure out probate I never really helped them with the probate I just helped them solve the real estate problem and and probably 90% of those we actually purchased those houses because they didn't want a realtor so you've you approached the probate primarily it sounds like as an investor not as a, a as a broker I didn't mean to I didn't mean to I I'm a broker, man. I want to be in real estate. I wanted to do listings. I wanted, I wanted to grow up and be a luxury real estate agent. You know, I want the big commissions. Our, uh, our, our average commission here when I first got in for a listing was about 150. Now it's around 330, 340-ish for price range. So for really to break into luxury, which is over $500,000 for Dallas Fort Worth or 600,000, it's a, it's, 
a really big jump. But then yeah. if you're if you're investing in these houses that are need distressed and you can flip them, you know, the, the income almost triples and quadruples. And then you're helping you're really helping people. It be it's almost like a commercial when you really get down to it, people are not emotionally attached to the properties as you think they would be. Right. That's the biggest misconception. I think that you can tell people who've never made phone calls is they'll say, well, when you call people, they're still grieving. And I, and I say, well, to be honest, I haven't talked to that many they're still grieving. They filed a probate because they're looking to sell the house, right? Correct. I mean, we, it, it's just like an expired for sale by owner uh, call. When they're ready to talk to you, they're ready to talk to you. But I'm willing to call a thousand people to talk to that one person that's ready to talk to me. Right. Our list continually in probate. I keep all the records, everybody that hasn't sold a house. So I've got close to 10,000 people that I've purchased in probate leads. Yeah, probably 9,000 9, already probably did something. But I don't know because they don't answer the phone. But if we're dialing on them, we're going to get a hold of that one person, preferably three out of a hundred. And then hopefully we're getting, my goal is 36 deals a year through probate. So through that one niche. Right. Well, and I think at the end of the day, also, you want to talk to people who want to talk to you, right? They, yeah. they're talking to you, so they have a problem and they think perhaps you can help them with that's the key part. Yeah. What are the most common problems that you have families that you talk to that you're able to help? It's always that uh, other heir that thinks the value is more than what it is. So to, to get them to agree on a price, sometimes I, I was just told today, somebody, we almost had a price locked down for a really good property. And then the uncle wanted three times as much. So they're not ready to go yet. Yeah. yeah I think it's a misconception is people think, oh, they have to sell the property. So they, they'll price it for whatever it takes to sell. And that is true for some. Mm -hmm. But just like other sellers, that's not always true, and you have to work through the other ones, or else you're going to um, um, uh, you know, lose out on some of that business. When you approach them, do you approach them as a real estate broker, or as an investor, or do you not really discuss the details to you know which way they want to play? Yeah, you you just ask the qualifying questions, but we do want to go in as a listing agent because I want to monetize every appointment. I don't want to shut them down. So if you're asking questions, so um, we went on an appointment yesterday. Yeah, or, or day before. Two other realtors went. They gave a price of three thirty on a house. We told them yeah, they'll probably get like two forty on the house. They could actually called us back and gave us the listing because we were the most honest with them. You know? Yeah. There's that. <laughs> so it's it's it's. it's they, they most of these people know in their head what what they're going to get based on what the house looks like and when they have other people just trying to get the listing by saying a, a number to get that listing signed you know they're not most, people are smart these days they got all that they got access to everything yeah i think that now the challenge has been you know the, uh, for the last six months some sellers will look at what property sold for six months ago or a year ago and assume everything was going up. Um, and while I do think the news is you know, wrong and exaggerated, it certainly helps sellers get realistic because I don't have to tell them the market's changed. They, they kind of feel it, right? Yep. Yeah. It's, um, but it's, it's, 
It's not so much rushing someone to a, it, I always say don't pee on someone's perspective. So you got to put yourself, Bill, I'm not going to come to you and tell you what a house is worth unless you're open to receiving that information. I'm, I'm definitely not going to do that on the phone until I get face to face with you, unless there's just absolutely no chance of me ever meeting you in person. Right. If you want a digital offer, um, I don't think I'm ever going to get a signed offer online. I, it, other people have virtual success with that, but I don't th I've probably got one sign online. It's always face to face. I'm not going to give my numbers before I go meet somebody. And you know, it's, you just don't want to pee on their perspective. So you want to figure out where they're thinking, what they're thinking, what they know about the neighborhood, what they know about the neighbors. You know, it, there's a lot to it. That's a great line. I'm going to use that one. Don't, don't pee on their perspective. It's kind of a visual, you know, yeah. this is their house and, the, and they think this is all the money in the world. And yeah. if you tell them it's worth less, you are really kind of, it's like, it's like you're peeing right in front of them. It's the same thing when you're walking through a property. You don't want to point out all the problems with it unless they're open to it. I wait right. until they're open to receiving the information. Yeah. And you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. So you've been around a while. I know I've seen you on the all the leads in the past and now with Probate Mastery. And you see agents who are, you know, looking to either relaunch their business or launch their business in in uh, probate real estate. I know you just mentioned you talked to somebody today. What do you see as the biggest challenge or mistake agents make when they want to relaunch their business or build a business? What's the one or two biggest mistakes they make in that process? It's like going to a gas station, not having in, in, any inventory on the shelf. So have you ever been to Q, do you have QTs out where you're at? No, but I think you mean like 7-Elevens or like, you know, the little stores in the gas station kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about houses or listings. I'm talking about, um, do they know that you're in business? Right. Right. So someone buys that list of, let's say a thousand probate leads. Right. And they, most people that call me for coaching, they say they never called the, the list or they may have called for like an hour and they never sent a letter to them. We're sending a letter to our entire database every month. Mm. Um, and then we're calling the entire database every every week or every other week, and they're hearing our name. That's what I mean by having inventory on the shelf. Is that you got to make sure that they know you're in business. And the one thing I think is what people, if they're building a business in real estate, and it took me it took me a number of years. It's either time or money, right? Either you're going to spend the time prospecting or or developing your business, or you're going to spend money and get the leads. I'm not talking about buying leads. I'm talking about using your capital to turn it into like a seven or X return so that you could build that one niche. So if you had letters, for instance, letter, you know, we send these out as a return mail. So I've just got a full stack today. Um, it's, it takes money to do that. But out of, out of 3,000 letters, you could probably get one deal out of it or maybe three shots to three appointments and maybe one deal out of it. You have to monetize that one deal to turn that into maybe a year's worth of letters. So if you make $15,000, that's not personal money to go spend on your bills or debt or whatever, buy a boat or something. You got to turn that $15,000 into letters that do the same thing that 3,000 letters did. And I think that's where people need to build a business. If I was a brand new agent, 
I would I would figure out how I could get enough money to send my first round of letters out, but then have the skill to convert that one call that you're going to get and then be open to not being on their perspective and either listing or buy the house and turn that into more cash to hit the list all over again. One of the comments I got from uh, somebody watching this is that they're so intimidated by making phone calls. So how do you get past that or how do you coach agents you talk to to get past that fear so they can make the phone calls you need to make? You know, when I, I went I went five years without making any prospecting calls when I first started. It was all inbound prospecting or SEO or, or um, those bandit signs. When I scheduled my first for sale by owner appointment, I didn't even go to the appointment. I was so scared to even go to the appointment. I didn't even go. I thought it was overvalued. I was like, I'm going to waste my time. So I didn't even go. So you're going to talk to people that want to talk to you and the, the people that answer. Yeah, you're going to get 90% of them telling you to go away. They're not going to remember you in a week or two. Maybe they will now with the color ID. But, um, <laughs> It's, it's just that you got to do it and you got to build that skill and you got to build that muscle. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't go to the gym and all of a sudden become the bodybuilder of the universe or whatever. Yeah, so it's a process you got through. I remember when you kind of had kind of your come to Jesus moment about making phone calls. I remember you had you had a call with, with Chad, I think, at the time, about yeah. three or four years ago. You kind of admitted you hadn't been making any. And I believe, I remember hearing, I think, that you committed on that call to make the phone calls. You kind of used him as a accountability to say publicly, I'm going to give it a shot or I'm going to make the phone calls, whatever this time. What was that like? It's just the realization that you got to make it work. You know, it's like... It, Probate's changed my career. I used to go after expireds for sub owners. I used to call. Uh, I, I'm still doing all that stuff in a in a sense, but now we're we're completely. Uh, we help about sixty investors find houses now. So I spend my whole day doing distress calls, probate calls, code calls, code compliance, uh, foreclosures, any kind of distressed opportunities. We're, that's what we're really geared towards now and um if someone will just pick up the phone and learn the skill and then get that i i call it you know you, you got buyers and listing but you got investor investments that you could do or i don't like to use the word wholesale you're finding i mean you're wholesaling the property just like a commission uh, but you're you're, you're you got to leverage that in this in the you know you got to be ready for all that stuff it's a, it's a perfect storm you're already a good listing and buyers agent just to add the investment side yeah i think i think one of the mistakes i made in my career was my broker always talked about compartmentalizing you into one area and i realized that where there's overlap you know as a real estate broker you know i found a couple of properties to invest in i found a couple i end up wholesaling I work with investors and in some of them all i'm looking at the same problem over and over again and finding different tools in my toolbox to help the customer that i monetize you use the term monetize in those conversations so talk a little bit how do you monetize a lead as a listing agent versus as an investor versus a wholesaler how do you approach that that you're going to monetize that relationship asking qualifying questions filling out what their their goals are and what the family's goals are 
it, you got to figure out who the decision maker is when they call in. Um, sometimes you have one heir, but you have a husband or wife that's helping the one heir. Um, and I'm not, I'm, we're not taking advantage of anybody. We're asking questions to figure out what we could do best to serve somebody. If someone doesn't want to hire a real estate, I miss the opportunity if I could buy the house at a discount because I've walked out of, I've walked out of so many appointments between 2017 and 2020 that I know that I could have probably bought the house rather than trying to push on them the benefits and features of the listing when they just didn't want to pay 6% right. or whatever percentage you charge. Well, you shouldn't even go through the whole stress of the retail environment. They're just glad to take 70 cents to the dollar, 8 cents to the dollar cash today, done, yeah. risk gone, move on, and, and then you handle the rest. Um, I've been in the same position where I've talked to sellers and they say, well, I really, you know, we just like to get rid of it, but this, I'm willing to take this price. And I would say, wow, I'll buy it for that. You know, if you're okay with it, yeah. I can't represent you as the agent, but I can, I can be the principal and, and we can get all that taken care of. I'm sure a little bit about your geography. I know you're in Texas. You're in the, I think you're in Dallas area. So what areas do you market to and what areas do you service? So we have five counties in Dallas Fort Worth. So anybody watching this video in the future, we are definitely hiring agents. Um, we have five counties in the local area within an hour from us, but most like, mo mostly we work in Fort Worth or Tarrant County. But we, we send mail and brand ourselves all across the Dallas Fort Worth area. Okay, so Dallas-Fort Worth, kind of metro, Dallas-Fort Worth area, the larger metro area. And um, so what, so now probate though, we typically, I should say we more than regular agents get properties where we in the state has property in other areas. Texas, like California is a big state geographically. Yep. Do you occasionally get states that have a property in Tarrant County, but maybe they have one also in Waco or in El Paso. What do you do with those? How do you handle that business? Yeah, we just, over the time you build up referrals, so absolutely we and and sometimes i get agents calling me to deal with the property here because they see our, my videos now so it's really nice to i got a listing a couple of months ago from an agent that uh, noticed that i was in you know working hazlitt texas in in tarrant county there's 36 cities so it's it's pretty big to to work the whole area right well, good. That's good to know. Hey, look, if you're on the call on the Zoom, you're welcome to put a question in the chat box. I'm going to get to a couple questions or raise your hand. I'd love to have you come in live. If you're watching on the uh, live stream, we've been getting some questions in. I still see Jill, friend of the show, and uh, I love her running commentary. Uh, so you're welcome there to ask questions on the social media, and we'll pick them up as well. So um, one of the questions, how does probate work? That's a little beyond the scope of this call. Um, but, you know, uh, but give me an idea, because I'm from California. Most of the people are from California, though about half our listeners are from other states as well. Can you describe um, to what you know, what's probate process like in Texas versus other states? Are you familiar yeah. with the basic differences or, or can you explain you that? Like I said, I don't really get in the weeds of the probate. You know, I don't, I don't offer my, I'm not trying to come across as the attorney or I, I ask them what their difficulty is and what they're going through. But what I, what I typically help with are title issues. Mm -hmm. And I explain to them from working probate, it's basically what their ownership is once it gets complete. Does it go 
does it go sideways or does it go down or you know for lineage in airship um you know i i don't think i've ever in the if people get from this call i don't ever get in the weeds of the probate God. i don't i i prospect enough we send enough mail out that we get calls when they're ready to sell the estate the house and the estate so it comes very packaged with it, whatever attorney services they need. Do you have attorneys that you refer to that when they need help or need references? And, and can you describe kind of what those relationships look like for you? I'm actually just starting because um, I'm working through, I did that earn course through Chad stuff. Uh, so I'm just now reaching out to attorneys. I've never added that as a benefit, but I do have one guy that I work with. His name's uh, Sal Espino. He's a, he runs our title company. So for for a perfect world, I have a title company that deals with probate. And fortunately for me, it just happened that they always did probate and affidavit airships. So before I even knew that I was getting in the in the you know working probate stuff or foreclosures, they just knew how to work through the title issues. Nice. In most cases, I will do the research for them to do the listing or when I buy the house. I'll have all the paperwork hand delivered to them with the information sheet for the affidavits when they when they start working the title. So it's a lot easier for them. Got it. And probate's a little simpler process than Texas. I'm, I'm sorry, probate in Texas is simpler than, say, California or some states, but it still has certain processes. And so David has a title company that helps him with that. Um, another question you have from our live stream, Living at the Jersey Shore says, do you buy homes with one of your companies or do you use a group of investors? So how typically do you buy properties? Yes, I just have a separate LLC than my brokerage. So we'll, every every contract, we'll put it under that and then either establish a new LLC for that house or a series LLC or we'll wholesale it to an investor that's in our wait list. We have over close to 60 investors that are active and that are looking for property. Nice. And we take them to lunch and we meet them. We're not just trying to build a list of people that we don't know because there's a, there's a lot of wholesalers that have learned on YouTube that get on our list and we get them off real fast. I agree hundred percent. When I get that phone call, I'm an investor. I'll buy anywhere. If there's a profit in it anywhere, I just know that's a, a, a webinar and they're not really serious about it. Um, Isa from my team actually asks, uh, how do you get into probate real estate? And I just want to go back to where uh, Dave mentioned the EARN program. So for me, I think there's a number of different programs that will teach you about probate. One of the more expensive, but I think more full training classes is probate mastery, probatemastery.com, which is Chad Corbett. That's where Dave and I met back at the prior company. He founded this company, Probate Mastery. And then he has, in addition to Probate Mastery, the EARN course, which is how to earn attorney referral network referrals as well so this is what dave was talking about the earn program and probate mastery is a good program i'm just going to put that out there this isn't a a pitch for them or you know i do have some affiliate links somewhere but i'm not really into all that um but i know you did you did all the leads with chad like i did and you've done probate tell me about besides that what else if anything do you do, do are you a student of the probate business or are you more of a student of the marketing and the real estate business or where, i know you learn a lot i know you're a reader and you're always working on something what's your focus um now it's about storytelling uh, marketing by storytell uh, you know and and developing what i've been focused on the last year and a half is uh, the pre-probate stuff learning how to get those leads inbound 
not not buying pre probate but marketing to the 55 plus 65 plus age group to get people that are either selling their house or moving their parents into a retirement home yeah i'm really focusing on the seo on that nice. we get about two leads a day now through organic search for all the retirement community so i'm not worried about selling their house or helping them right now i'm worried about building the database of contacts with the emails and phone numbers so that i can have 60,000 contacts here when they start moving. Because in three or five years from now, if they've been in your system and they see occasional emails and videos and content, yep. you're the natural guy they're going to go to in this particular space. That's brilliant. Absolutely. Um, okay. Sam asked, anybody dealing with probate in New York City? I'm looking for a referral in the Bronx. If anybody has anybody, uh, please reach out to me with that. And Sam is looking for a referral for anybody in New York City. Please feel free to reach out there as well. Um, Christopher asks, what kind of title issues does your title company resolve? What are some, I think one answer is some of you don't even know, right? They pull their report and they see things and they're probably jumping on some things without bothering you. Are there things that you bring to them that they can resolve? Yeah, crazy enough, it's always the attorney that messes up the title for closing. You know, it's a, you'll have a probate attorney that helps them for two years, three years. And then when you get to the title company, they, they've done some paperwork that, they have to clean up for the title or they've included a relative that doesn't need to be on the title. That's what we run into more than anything. It's not ready to sell because the attorneys got involved. It's really crazy. Yeah. And, and it, now I don't know if you have this phone, but in California, you know, we have some really great probate attorneys and that's about five or 10% of the cases, maybe 15 and about 80% of them haven't done a probate in at least a year, if not longer. And to me, they're almost like, I have to kind of work around them without offending them, without offending the customer to get the job done. Is that similar to what you find in Texas? Exactly the same. I, if I get a hold of someone and they say they're having trouble with the attorney um, and they have real estate to sell, I'm like, all right, I know that they're gonna go down a certain road. They're gonna listen to that attorney because they're the expert. They don't want to listen to the real estate guy that knows that they're about to do something with the title that makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, a ch that's a challenge. And and so and you have to do it in a way that doesn't offend the attorney, doesn't offend the customer, but you got to get the job done. So, um, okay. And then somebody's asking, what's your website that you can, uh, that you would direct people to to get more information about you? Not that we're signing off yet, but just. No, yeah, I got plenty of time. So if we go over to, let's, let's just. Sure. I, I, so I've been in demand ever since I've been doing these videos. So my my career has taken a complete left turn with investments. So now I'm I'm teaching people how to do that. It's it's six ninety ninety seven or something six hundred ninety seven dollars, and then I'm doing a ninety day training training to get one one piece of their their business in play. Over ninety days of coaching is three thousand dollars for that, but I'm going to work with someone per week. And we're going to work on one piece of that niche that they need to work on. So nobody really needs to pay that until they get into the program and really learn the mindset that work in your CRM, work in your conversations, because none of these conversations are the same. Knowing that you're able to buy a house when you go on an appointment, not just to be a listing agent, um, knowing how to come to build that database, not to just buy or sell or buy an investment, build a database that, feed you five, like you're saying five to 10 years from now, or that you could sell as a company or as a business someday because you, you have all these contacts. Like 
you know, Facebook is so valuable because they have a database of people that use their system. If you could figure out how to get people to use your website or use your business in a way, and they're in that certain age group that they're going to make decisions for their parents, that's powerful. Oh, yeah. So where would somebody get that? Where's a website that people get more information uh, on that? It's uh, pivotagent, pivot-agent.com. Pivot-agent.com. And uh, I'll bring that, uh, actually, it's www. And I'll do an hour call with anybody individual if they, if they join that. They're just supporting me developing it. So it's not, it's pricey, but I want you to commit to it once you buy it. So. Yeah, he comes from a good heart. And that's why I didn't even know he, 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 I know you've been doing this and building this out. I've watched you along the way, a CRM and, a, and building a program behind it. And, you know, congratulations on, on all that. And I think it's great. And, and, um, uh, want to give you every chance to be successful with that. So there's the website pivot-agent.com and, uh, there's a picture and he's got a book and he's got all kinds of stuff there and definitely check him out. Now I noticed when I went on Facebook recently as I got ready for this, that there's an addition to the Pinnell family as of you yeah. had a tax deduction at the end of December, huh? Yeah. So send me your money so I can pay for my kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's your second. Like, he looks just like Bill Gross too. It's amazing. I don't know how that happened. It's a good-looking kid. Well, uh, it's your second child. Yeah, second one. I can't believe I got to leave the hospital with a second kid. You know, I have to tell you what I—I I, we only had one uh, child, uh, my wife and I. But I remember to this day walking out the hospital with her, thinking I got away with it. And it's like, well, hold on, it's my kid, but you feel like you're getting out with something uh, when it happens. So, yeah. Um, Here, I'll, well, I don't know if I have the uh, share. Let me see if I can pull the picture. And then I'll share my screen when I pull it up. Well, I think on Facebook, I have I have your Facebook picture. That's what you're talking about. I know. I didn't push this one yet because I was oh. going to say something funny about birth control. But oh. Oh. I'm a funny guy, so y'all just – I'm probably inappropriate most most times. But Yeah, I, I would say yes. I would say <laughs> Now, where, what's your consumer-facing website? Do you push people to uh, say yeah. real estate? Is that where they capture their information? Yeah, because, you know, I want to be a broker. I want to be – I want to have that professional business, but I also – I, I, this is going to be an area of improvement of my business this year is, is trying to bring online the wholesale investment stuff more public. I was always worried that if I posted distressed properties in my brand that it would hurt me, but it's actually just helping me. You I've know, they said 11,000 people that I've got two referrals this week and it's just amazing. You know, it's a constant battle, you know, or question in our minds of how much do you disclose? Is it going to work for you or not? And I think at the end of the day, people who know you, like you, and trust you are going to always want to know more about you. And people who don't, it doesn't matter what they think about you anyhow. So uh, we spend too much time worrying about it. You know, we're polite people, but at the end of the day, uh, it doesn't make sense to worry about it, I think. Um, okay, good. Um, other questions I see, and also those of you on the call, put your, your information in there, your name, your contact info, whatever your service. Let's do some networking. We can all make some money yeah. uh, there. I'm always looking for people. I'm looking for particularly an attorney, a probate attorney in um, uh, Bronx, New York. So if you happen to know a probate attorney specifically, each county in uh, New York is a little different. And so somebody specializes in the Bronx. Uh, if you happen to have anybody there, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love, I have a referral for them. From I, think, attorney um, I think, Bill, you need to reach out to Alexander Freeman. He, he's in, well, he's in Jersey. So you may know somebody. Okay. I, I put it on my Facebook group. So I have a Facebook group that's 
uh, open anybody's uh, probate experts in Facebook, and, and I put the quote, uh, the request there. So, um, how do you finance your purchases? Cash, Harmony Lender, probably That's both. A good question, actually, we we started with uh, our own money, which you know people say don't do that, and so we got away from that. We had we we have money set aside to do this if we have to close on something. But then we started going with a hard money lender in Dallas. But then we found through our, we turned two clients that we purchased homes from into our, our private money lenders now. So it, it just got cheaper as we get and, and you build trust with certain people. We, we have access to half a million dollars to buy anything, but a 90% chance we're, we're passing it on to an investor at this point too. Do you see um, subject to opportunities growing? It seems to me mathematically there should be a record number of subject twos, but I don't see the number of transactions exploding like I would expect. Do you see that happening? Am I missing that? I don't really play in that world. So, but you know, coming from a broker, that's I don't know if I really agree with it yet. But I I don't want to I don't want to say anything because I don't I'm not educated on it. Of okay. course. Of course, with the economy that we're going into, we're going to have to learn it. And yeah, I think I'm so. Yeah, I definitely think that you have loans that were done a year or two ago in the twos and threes, yep. and a buyer's looking at sixes or sevens if it's hard money. There's a natural arbitrage there, and I think that equity is squeezing down a bit. Sellers might be more likely to accept something like that to monetize that difference. But I, I theoretically, I see it, and I and I, I'm expecting it. I'm ready for it, um, but I just don't quite see the number. Um, um, I think it's real I, private, so you don't hear about it. But I, we definitely want. We actually this year, one of our goals is to to keep twelve houses. Wow. So instead of selling them or flipping them, we want to actually learn the seller finance and. And put down thirty thousand on each house. Maybe maybe that's not the number. Maybe it's fifteen. Maybe it's ten. Whatever they're behind on, and what we could cash for keys on a foreclosure situation, we're going to do. But we'd like to own twelve rentals this year and increase our portfolio. Wow, that's exciting. That's an exciting goal. And then your goal for your brokerage is you said you wanted to do how many transactions this year? You know, it's not really about transaction count anymore, Bill. It's 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 um. It's all about, it's the, the, it's the, it's not so much uh, counting transactions or commissions anymore. It is a number that we want to hit. And I, I would say 750, maybe 750 to a million GCI or income coming in from that, from either wholesale or, or brokerage stuff. Fantastic. And then how many people are in your organization, your team, and how many, what's your goal for the upcoming year on that? We have two mail clerks that work virtually, but they're local. Um, and the trick on that is the age is getting somebody that sits at home, they're willing to handwrite envelopes and they're very consistent. We have two or we have, we have a couple part-time VAs that we, we do administration work on. I have a TC. Um, I no longer have, I don't have any realtors with me right now. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting because I, so I would say we had we had close to eight uh, fifteen. So it's just, it's neat how the business has really neat how the business has shifted when you get into into what we're doing. I could manage, I could manage all the appointments, and I actually like that. I like to go on the appointments. I don't 
I've had a struggle of teaching someone how to go on appointment and either convert it for a listing or a cash deal. Interesting. But interesting to the business to have someone market for me, have someone do the admin work for me is is huge. I think we're similar in that regard. I don't have any agents that work on my team. I have a downline that's different where I help people build their business as colleagues through EXP's revenue share. But really, my, I have my own leads, my own listings, my own buyers. I often refer out pieces or hire people to do work for me, go to properties and such, but uh, very similar. So it's just some quick housekeeping of Ken. And then anybody here wants to ask questions, put them in the chat box. I think we're caught up. Or if even if you're online, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to put questions there and I'll circle back and pick them up. If you're in the LA area, right after this call, it's now 4.30, starting at 6.30 tonight is a the biggest free real estate event in LA. It's the best event of the month, I think. L-A-R-E-I-C.com. Abbas Muhammad is a speaker tonight, free event, how to get started in investing in multifamily properties. It's at the Iman Center in West LA between Palms and National uh, on Motor Avenue in Los Angeles. There'll be about 250 people there. There'll be, uh, that's a picture from a couple months ago. There's a vendors expo, I'll be there. Uh, I have people from my team will be there, friends and other professionals will be there. If you wanna learn about real estate, if you wanna network about real estate, love to have you come and say hi uh, as well. So that's gonna be 6.30 in about two hours, we're gonna start that program. Is that um, online or you go somewhere for that? It's live. Now, I'm going to live stream it a little bit online, but it's a live event. And this is the one event a month I go to that's real estate related. Thanks for asking. I should have made that clear. Um, and then again, Dave Pinnell, um, his real estate company is cityrealestate.com. if you want to kind of see from a consumer point of view, but don't blow up his, uh, his channel on that. But then his coaching program is pivot-agent.com. And if you're interested in coaching, learning more about probate, feel if free to join him there. If you do get on my on my website and register, just let me know you're a realtor so I could categorize you and we don't put you on a call list and you're called 20 times in the next two weeks. That's all I ask. If you're, yeah, if you go on the consumer website, don't blow up his consumers. That's It's yeah. funny how you start calling people and uh, that, that can be kind of frustrating. Um, okay. And then um, let's see. My name is Dakota. I'm a real estate investor. When I get, when I get in front of probate agents or attorneys. So I would say uh, a good question from Decorian. How how would if I was a real investor? Now look, we get a lot of program investors or people don't know what they're doing. If I was an investor and I was in Tarrant County and wanted to buy property and wanted to work with you, what would be the right way to approach you? Uh, buy me lunch. Okay. I want to know that you're. I just want to know you're genuine. And if I give you a lead, you're not going to go knock on their door and take the take the business from me. And or if I if I give you an opportunity, you're going to actually uh, want to close on it and not back out because of the condition, because most of these houses are rough. Right. So I just want to have a conversation either over coffee, a bagel or lunch and just get to know what your goals are. So we can either we fit together or we don't. Um, you know, it, we get we get probably two opportunities a week. So we have plenty of business to pass on. We just got to figure out. I don't want to help somebody else if they're not wanting to help. You know, if they're if they're in it for themselves, we really don't want to have them in our business. You know, I'm the same as you. Just for anybody who's interested, I you know I want to know people want to work with me, and I'm a full time real estate broker. This isn't a hobby for me. This is what I do. It's how I support my family and, and my legacy. So I actually come to an event that I'm already hosting for free tonight. Come by and see me in. Uh, 
the Venice area and come by and say hi, or Culver City area, come by and say hi. I host an event for real estate agents the first of the month. Come by and say hi sometime. Um, but rather go out and make a lunch appointment. I just find for me it's a lot of time. And you know, I can go to lunch five days a week and never actually, you know, um, I'd have investors who would never actually buy anything. And so I would rather you come meet me at an event I'm going to be at, and we can be productive together and learn and meet each other. So That's the same here, Bill, too. Just It doesn't have to be a, a lunch. It just has to – we have to have a general conversation. Right. I know that we're on the same page, right. and you have the ability to, to act if we need you to. Right. Um, James asked – you mentioned a, a listing for about 230. Uh, what would a cash offer be on a property like that? I guess it depends on the deal. But what's a typical range you're finding in this market? You know, two years ago, a year ago, everything was going over the listing price. What do you see happening now on your listings? It's a, it, we're, we're losing about 17% here on equity. So if you were, if it's worth 250, we're probably going to be at 230 on the listing. Exactly right. Um, if we, if, if we go out on an appointment and, and it's, it's, and, and it's a house that needs to be remodeled, we're looking at listing it at the price that we're making an offer at or a little higher to make them happy or the heirs happy. We don't want to lose that listing. We're not going to try to overprice it. Right. We want to make sure that I call it the, uh, the circus effect. You want to make sure you could attract all the neighbors, all the buyers, all the realtors to be there at one certain point. You know, you, you don't want a listing that nobody visits. Right. And we try to funnel it into a one hour open house. If we do list a house that's distressed or, or any, any listing we do, we want, we want to build up a, a 14 day program where people show up on a Saturday to the listing and they, we sell it then. Yeah, you can't sell property without some competitive interest for the most part. You got to get a couple of buyers interested and they have to know each, see each other or look at the property to kind of get that competition going. Yeah. Um, one phone call from Richard is, um, who besides you is making phone calls? How many dials, conversations do you have hourly, daily, weekly? How do you track those numbers? I just you? know that I have to be consistent. So I'm not trying to, I'm not the best at tracking my numbers and how many contacts I have. I just know that if I call 15 hours a week, I'm going to reach probably, uh, I'm probably going to have three good conversations a day from that prospecting. One, maybe appointment. So I'm, I'm going to add I'm going to add maybe two to 10 people to my database every week by calling. The numbers are low. People have to realize the numbers are low. You're not going to get a hold of everybody. Not everybody wants to work with you, but it's the point of being there and being open. And then, then you're knowing how to schedule that appointment when, when you need to. We, I can't contribute. I can't say that I get a lot from prospecting. But when someone calls in, I had that skill built, that muscle to set the appointment. Yeah, I see that in you. And you know, I, I tell people it's kind of like weightlifting or running when you're a football player. You know, when I played football and I was young, I've never once on a football field hit a bar and had to push it. I never had to run upstairs on a football field in a game. But all those stairs and all those bars I had to lift made it so when I hit a guy, I was stronger and had better energy and was able to be successful. I think phone calling is the same way. You have a, you're in conversation with people for a couple hours a day. When that great referral comes in, that conversation is more natural and easy. Um, and I, I think 100%, I think that's why it's so important to make those calls, at least at some point in your career on that, on that topic. I've learned more from messing up a call, you know, thinking, man, I need to say that next time, than actually saying the right thing. You know, 
and just being there just just and after a while you start recognizing the same names um just last year we got one of our best investment deals because the lady never responded to anything in five years and then she had two houses to sell out of nowhere and i i was getting to the end of my day it was 3 34 o'clock and i was going to go relax a little bit for an appointment at seven she texted me saying, hey, I'm ready to sell the two houses to you, David. Whew. And I was like, whew. So the next day, it took about three days to get an appointment. Wow. But it was the best deal of last year. So. Nice. And it wasn't, it wasn't just that call. It was all the other calls you made to other people that prepared you. 87 touches to that one contact. Nice. You know, it's not. And that's emails and market updates. That's uh, text messaging when she doesn't reply, but the number looks like it goes through, it's delivered. That's why a good CRM matters because you could track all that. And then all the voicemails we left, she just wasn't ready. But that's extreme. That That is the most extreme contact that I've gotten in the last, I must've added her back. I, I did add her back in 2017. And it took, it took, it was, um, we closed May of 2022. Wow. Well, look, anything worth doing well is worth doing poorly when you start and keep at it. And I have to tell you, Dave, since I've known you, one thing that's true is you're always working on something to improve your game. I know you work on your CRM quite a bit. I know your marketing, your mailers, your phone calling. It's always something you're working on. And I feel like I'm, I'm with you. I feel like we're on the same, we're on that journey, maybe different locations on the journey, different speeds, but uh, that's what I admire about you and, and appreciate you. And for all of you on the call, you know, I get asked every week, how do I build a probate business? And my answer is always a process, not a not a ticket. You can't buy a ticket to be successful. It's a process. And and Dave and I both have been on the uh, different mastermind calls. We're both on the probate master call pretty regularly. That's noon on Tuesdays that I host as a public facing call. And it's not because I necessarily need to hear the whole call. But like Dave, I get one or two little tidbits and it changes my business and my business is pretty good. So if I can get another couple percentage points, it's pretty valuable time spent. So well, that's all know, that for Everyone talked about pre-probate, right, Bill? And and I didn't really think about having, I, I've always been big on writing articles or having articles written for my website and to have searches linked to that or, but I never thought about building out something for that group of that age group. Yeah. Until Chad said something about, Something triggered it on one of those calls. I was like, all right, that's what I got to do. So I went and did my list and I wrote down, I looked at everything that was 55 plus community. And then I looked at every retirement community in our area and we're still working on it. So the proof is not there, but in three years from now, it'll be all built out. And I'm just paying to have, I'm using my capital to build it. I'm not doing it. Right. I'm sticking to the principles of every day prospecting and making sure the mail gets out to our and everything else but that's it fantastic well look dave i really appreciate your time today thank you i know you're real busy and it's a little later in texas so thank you so much for being on the call thanks for being a good friend on this journey together and look forward to working with you as we go forward thanks man thanks y'all thanks for listening 
And uh, for the rest of you, this is Probate Weekly. We do this every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. in Central Time in, in the state of Texas and related. Um, we also live stream it on YouTube and Facebook. It's recorded there. If you watch the call, we'd love to have you participate, ask questions live. But if you're watching afterwards, feel free to put your questions in the chat. Like, subscribe. If you're watching, it's amazing how many people listen to this on podcast. I'm just amazed at those statistics. So feel free if you're there, like it, subscribe to it, uh, put a comment on there, a review on that. That's really helpful as well. Helps us get out to more people. So I'm Bill Gross. You can find me on social media at Bill Gross EXP. If I could help in any way, uh, call, text, email. Look forward to seeing you guys. Thank you all and make it a great week. Thanks.